Coming up, we dedicate the next hour to talking about Barb. Coming up, Winona Ryder, that's still a thing? Or is it a stranger thing? Oh, that was the worst. In this episode of Diz Pop. This pop is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect vacation. Visit them on the web at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everybody. I am your host, Rhino Clavin, and today I am joined by Craig Williams. Mm, yes, that is me. Well, and I already said we're talking all things Winona Ryder. No, this is not our Winona Ryder dedication episode. That will come later in this year, I'm sure, for some no reason whatsoever, but... We're talking about the new Netflix original show, Stranger Things. I just want to point out that I am not a Winona Ryder fan in any way, shape, or form. Never have been, never will be. Never have been, never will be. So the fact that basically she cries her way through the first, what, six out of eight episodes? I was just going to say seven and a half out of eight. Was just... uh, Well, here's, here's the thing. Um... Yeah, I don't know what the thing is. Yeah, we don't know. I, I, I had a Winona Ryder something to say right in there, and I immediately lost it, just like her career. Oh, She had it, and she immediately lost it. Well, she's back she, now. She for shoplifting. She's she's back now, and I, I know I just said that about Winona. She cries a lot. However, um, as you will come to hear over the next little bit of time as we're talking about this, there was not a, cert, a single person who was miscast in this oh, production. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, this that's that's okay. So let's let's talk about this for for Phenomenon. a second here. Yeah, it, it's just a, a show that kind of popped out of nowhere. I remember seeing the trailer for this maybe j- not much long, not far before it started. Netflix yeah. really keeps their trailers kind of closer to the chest, unless it's a Marvel thing. Um, but I remember seeing a trailer for this like maybe June, maybe May. Not really having heard or read anything about it, knowing that Winona Ryder was in anything. You know, usually that would be something I'd catch on one of the movie sites. But anyway, I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, this show looks cool. And then another trailer right before it started. I'm like, oh, I got to watch this show. And then just it started July, I don't know, 15th or something. Around that, yeah. And it just, everybody, everybody was like, Stranger Things, watch it. Like, everybody I went to school with, everybody, like, everyone I did a project with on Super 8 in school, they were like, they texted me all at, like, immediately the same time, and were just like, you should be watching this show. Yeah. And and I was going to watch that show, but, but it started, like, our Mega Meat responsibilities started immediately when it started, so it was one of those... Like, we'd had a couple days, and I'd watched an episode, but then I couldn't watch more because, you know, it's you know when you're watching a Netflix show, you want to be able to watch a lot, you know, a bunch in a row. Yeah. I, I mean, I wanted to watch it right away, but, like, whenever it came out, I don't know any trailers for it. You might have shown me one at one point, and I just kind of shrugged it off like I do with most of the trailers you show me. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. just the way it is. And, uh, it's just the way it is. Oh, I'll be the same. <laughs> uh, I... Kind of, I mean, I saw the same thing everyone else saw on social media. Everyone was calling it this, 
love letter that was made to kind of honor Steven Spielberg mm-hmm. and the whole ideology between E.T. and the Goonies, but also had that dark Stephen King side that you really appreciated during yeah. good Stephen King from the 80s. Some comparisons and, to like Nightmare on Elm Street as well. Uh, yeah, they, they were John all over Carpenter the place. And stuff, yeah. And so one day is just uh, Kylie and I sat down and we're like, well, should we do an episode? And said, sure, why not? And uh, then before you knew it, the next day it was, okay, well, we're just going to watch two episodes tonight. And then so we're going to watch three. And then, well, we were done. <laughs> it's a, so. <laughs> it, it's, um, it's like many things that Netflix does. It is an addiction that you start. It is only eight episodes. But it when you're done, I will say that this was one of the, if not the best thing I've seen on Netflix, I mean, and I love Daredevil and Jessica Jones, and I think those are phenomenal as well. But those still feel serial serialized to me yeah. in a good way, in a good way. You know, like you can still binge them. Except, but this was for me like an eight-hour movie. Actually, I lied. Okay, this for me was four episodes of a TV show that led to a four-hour movie. Yeah, this because I felt like the first half could be consumed individually and then the you get to one point where you're like can't stop now the last time i felt this way about anything that same just you're right like an eight hour movie or a 10 hour movie the last time i felt this about a series was actually the first season of true detective before they made the mistake of bringing it back for a second series and then just kind of butchering it but it just something about this format whenever they hit it 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 hits right and like i love the part i love about stranger things is that each episode whenever you finally get to the title credits which are something to talk about oh yeah in of themselves, course. We'll, we'll talk about those. but then you get that nice you get the title of the episode as if it was a, a part of an anthology and almost like think star wars how you get oh, that, yeah, that yeah. title for each yeah. episode this has the same thing it, i like when front and center i, I like when that. shows do that yeah. you know what other show did that um aziz Ansari's show kind of did that every episode like the title was included in the opening kind of okay, that was yeah. the first yeah. one i saw that do that and then this one did it you know this one did it in a grander scheme his yeah. is more like here's this play this one felt like yeah here's this like chapter one it was wasn't it in chapters it was chapters yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. so so it which is funny too because i i definitely have that feeling at the end like i've just read an amazing book yeah um and so it is well i guess we should tell you a little bit about the plot to get okay. started with and then we'll get into the technical who made we it what, what are going into include spoilers in this yes yes but i i do we'll say we're going to include spoilers but i don't want to say necessarily mm, do we want to say like what happens in the last episode yeah i i think let's go full spoiler on this we'll title the episode okay spoiler okay there's no reason not to at this point it's been out it's been it's been exactly almost one month. month yeah oh well i guess by the end of this week it'll be one month yeah. but um okay yeah and fair enough we'll we'll try and alert you to when we get to that we'll say spoiler well. yeah yeah again just it's, to remind you yeah it, it's hard because these days honestly like i've seen a couple of things like when i did the suicide squad review it was kind of like i didn't know who the villain was or what the plot of that movie was not that that was actually worked in the favor of it or anything like that but you know there's people who won't, don't want to know a single thing like i i like to see visuals but not necessarily know stories yeah like a christopher nolan movie mm, you know get a couple goodness. visuals and then so it, it's where your spoiler territory your spoiler meter goes either way we're gonna we're having spoilers so let's just yep. get into it it's um 
like Craig said earlier, this is definitely a love letter to the 80s, Goonies, E.T., all that stuff, because the opening of this film is very much the opening of E.T. You know, yes. you've got the kids, they're literally playing the exact same game. They're both playing Dungeons, they were playing Dungeons and Dragons of both, and, and it doesn't feel like copycat. It feels like that that thing you love. It's like a hug. You know, it's familiarity that brings you into this, and then it explores territory. Like, it seems familiar in all the best ways, but original at the yep. same exact time. It's like, it's the drama start off like Goldberg's is to the 80s for the comedy side. Yeah. It's that same comfortable feeling, especially, well, for our our generation. It yeah. feels that exact same way. Like, I this this kind of felt like growing up. Except okay, I, I guess I should. This is a this is a place where I should actually say something about the technical stuff. So this was created by brothers, the Duffer brothers. They're twins. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember their two names, but one of them's named Ross, I think. Um, it is. Um, shoot, it's it's hard because everywhere it's been listing them lately, it's been saying the Duffer brothers. Okay, it's Ross and Matt. Yeah. Ross and Matt. Yeah. So they haven't really done anything else. They did. Um, they wrote a couple episodes of Wayward Pines. They and then there was like one other thing. Right out of school, they're they were born in 1984, and I was born in 1985, and it's one of those where I'm like, oh yeah, this feels like somebody you knew made a movie for you, yeah. you know, and and I don't know, and maybe that's part of it too, but um, it's you know, it's clearly people that grew up immersed in the same culture, the same film culture that we did you know yep. similar it's like what you said that steven spielberg john carpenter 80s culture you know yep. um which is great because they understand the things that studios don't like they understand that you can put kids in terrifying situations and know that not just kids of that age are going to watch this but enjoy you know what i mean this show yep. is about a group of kids that are like 12 uh, 14 14 years old they are 12 years old I don't know why I said that so weird. Yeah. They so are weird. 12 years old. So. Oh, okay, because I thought the Dustin kid was a little bit older, because I thought his teeth, the thing with his teeth, but but you're right, I, I'm 12, and then, um, uh, you know, and it's, you know, it's serious stuff, and they swear, like, oh, like when you're a kid and you learn how to swear, you not learn how to swear, yeah. but you know what I mean, you start swearing, and it's one of those where, like, sometimes you, it, it, this, I should have started this way earlier, said, this to me felt like Super 8, the TV show. But not in a repetitive sense, in in all the best ways, the things that you love or hate about Super 8. Like, the things I love about Super 8 are very present in this. It's like, I love Super 8, but this is like a better version of that. See, I saw it more as Stand By Me if, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if instead of E.T. and then mix it. Sorry, I should have finished that sentiment. Yeah. Stand By Me mixed with E.T., so if instead of the instead body of they're looking ET, for ET, you have Eleven. Okay. Who's this? And then I would say the thing they're looking for is It. Is the John Carpenter. Oh, I'm sorry, The Thing, not It. The Thing, kind of. It, but no. not really. It doesn't really look like people. But anyway, so the <laughs> the, the whole plot starts. It's 1983. Three. And um, it's November 1983. And these kids are in the basement, you know, the parents' basement playing Dungeons and Dragons. The genius in the writing of this show is the dialogue within these children's games. And you know, it almost borderlines to the point where you're like, oh, is this going to be cheesy? Because, like, what they're saying, is that going to be, like, what's happening in the movie? and Or in the show? And, and it is. It pretty much is, but not in a cheesy way. Um, it's, you know, it's in that kid's perspective. Like, they love this game. 
And so their world is this game. Nerds. You know, and uh, so anyway, they play the game and they all, they separate and they go their ways and they take their bikes home and um, this, the one, one of the friends, Will, lives Will. the farthest away and he uh, gets Let's just be honest, house. he's the poor kid. He's the poor kid. He lives on the edge of town with the crazy, the not the crazy mom, but the mom, yeah, she doesn't, she's got a, she, he's got an older brother and he's got his mother. His mother is Winona Ryder. Neither of them are home. Yep. When he gets home, and there, the the lights start flickering, and something has followed him, mm-hmm. and uh, he runs from it, this unseen terror, and basically he disappears. And you know, the next day, uh, they're like, "Where's Will? Where's Will?" And the mom calls the other mom, and you know, she's afraid to look like she's he's missing. But then she starts panicking, and she's got to go to the. She calls the police department and the sheriff. Um, he. Uh, who is played by somebody who he was just in Suicide Squad and I brought up his name and I forget it already, but he's the an sheriff actor. is David Harbor. Yeah, and he plays Chief Jim Hopper. Hopper he's kind of yeah. a well, his story is very complex. You yeah. would think he's this stereotypical uh, drunken, washed up cop yeah. in a small town, but uh, as the story goes on, you find out that you know he had uh, some issues with his family that. Well, spoilers may even get brought up in season two. Okay, well, we should, we should, I mean, spoiler right away. His daughter, uh, from what I understand, is his daughter uh, died. Yes, they set it up to seem like it was from cancer, in a way, because she goes and she kind of has this this issue that you see in a flashback, and then all of a sudden she's in the hospital and she has no hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And yeah. so they kind of set it up in that way. However, the uh, the other person you get to meet in the B-plot of Chapter 1, The Vanishing of Will Byers, is Eleven, this girl who mysteriously shows up at this diner. Well, and- uh, well so, okay, they go looking for the kid, and it, it's, you know... They finally take it seriously, and now the guy's getting worried because he's got that history with the, the you know, he feels scared for the loss of a child, obviously. And, you know, he feels like he's cursed, maybe. So he gets everybody looking for it, and then these kids are like, we gotta go look for our friend, and that's where they, that's where this other this other child shows up in the side plot, like you yes, said. Yes, but she, she was in there before. It's a big plot with that, is that she shows up at this diner. Yeah. And, um... The owner of the diner feeds her, kind of takes her in. They start to develop this this really actual oh, yeah. beautiful relationship over just a couple short scenes. And then Child Services shows up to take her away. And spoiler, it's not Child Services. It's actually this government institution who ends up shooting the guy who runs the diner, which sends Eleven onto a uh, – she has to run away. And that's how their paths all end up crossing whenever they're in the woods looking for Will after he disappeared and Eleven was on the run. Yeah. Um, and so then, uh, uh, oh my gosh, um, Mike. Um, What's the main character's name? The main character is Mike. Mike. He takes in... So Mike, is he's got an older sister, mm-hmm. too. Uh, Nancy. Nancy, and yeah. um, she's going to play a part eventually. But She's got a best friend, Barb. Barb. You've probably heard about her. Yeah, she's a meme haven't. going around quite a bit. Yeah. But um, So uh, Mike takes in Eleven and has her like sleep in his basement, unbeknownst to anybody. And um, 
you know, they just kind of, she's weird. Eleven's weird. She doesn't talk. She doesn't do stuff. You know, basically they find out eventually that she's got the powers with the mind. And an obsession for egos. Yes, she does love egos. <laughs> That's important. Um, and so then, so if we step over, because Nancy, uh, Mike's older sister, is in high school and she likes this kid, Steve. 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 And, um, you know, Steve's the risky business guy. He is the most popular kid in school. Yeah, he's got he's, the big hair, you know. Everyone wants to be with Steve. Yeah, and he's got two jerk friends with him, too. And Yeah. Oh, no, he is, he is perfect. And I love, I'm sure you've seen it. If you haven't, I have it on my phone, and I'll show you after this. Um, but there was a, a tweet that went around. I found it on BuzzFeed, where someone posted a picture of Steve next to uh, a picture of Jean Raffio from oh my God, Parks awesome. and Rec and said, oh, well, now we finally know, both from Indiana, we know how John Raffio grew up. Oh, and my god! eventually gosh. he switched his name because the hair is the exact yeah, same. That's perfect. Oh, my it God. Is, it is amazing. Um, yeah, so this, you know, and, it's, and she's suffering from that stereotypical uh, girl in school. You know, she wants, she likes Steve, and, and Steve has a party, and everyone comes over to the party. Well, well uh, Nancy has her best friend Barb come with her, and Barb's like the stickler. And she's like, oh, Barb, you'll watch out for me, right? And so they're all horsing around and shotgunning beers. And and then uh, they jump in the pool. And then Nancy's, uh, yeah, Nancy's like, oh, I'm going to go upstairs. And Barb's like, don't do it. Don't go upstairs. And Oh, she went upstairs. She went upstairs. So Barb's sad. And she's outside on the, tramp- uh, the trampoline, on the diving board, just sitting over the pool. And next thing we know, oh, my God, that's perfection, that, that meme there. <laughs> Um, she is abducted by this thing. Well, we don't know that she's abducted. She's sitting she on screams a screams and disappears on a diving right? board, and then she just disappears. Yeah. Um, as Will's brother is creepily taking pictures in the bushes, is it because he likes Nancy, or is he just randomly out there? Well, I mean, he's he was out there looking for Will, okay. and he was going around, and he stumbled upon their party. And uh, that's yeah. he was taking pictures, and he kind of captured the whole thing happening with Barb. Um, and yeah, he's he's a little bit of a I, I don't want to think say unbeknownst this in a to him though, to be honest, because he he took a photo of Barb, and then I think he turned to leave. Yeah. So his, his character's uh, Jonathan, and he's kind of he's the weirdo. They refer to him as a pervert, yeah, sort. Um, at times too so it's just it really is a cast full of outcasts really in a way all trying to deal with well their Will, inner Will's struggles. called like the he's the gay kid or he, he's not we don't actually know if he's gay or anything he's a 12, 12 year old but like it's he it's a you know they they you know they use the 80s derogatory yeah. terms you know oh, no they they keep it very they keep all dialogue very into the time period. They don't yeah. shy away. Yeah. They, they make them speak how kids would speak back then. Yeah. Um, and not and in a cheesy, like, it felt all organic. Um, so anyway, so basically, Barb's now disappeared, and Nancy's the only one who kind of knows exactly where she was, because they're not supposed to say they were at this party, and, you know, either way. So then, Nancy, and then Nancy's getting concerned, and then she sees the photos that um, that Jonathan took, and... Turns out Jonathan captured a photo of the, this monster. 
skipping it like, like yeah episode so ahead. we're bouncing around here and there i mean we've been doing it the entire time since we started this and uh long story short on barb uh you know there's still nancy's always concerned about barb until spoiler she's dead um i know sorry Barb. But- <laughs> barb's end is unfortunate and i thought i i had seen a lot of memes with barb in it before this so i thought oh yeah barb's gonna be fine but it was just it was funny because all the entire focus after you know Nancy gives her due diligence on well what about Barb what about Barb what I need to find my friend N- no one else seems to give two craps about Barb the entire time and that that's what's so perfect about it but um, you know all these all these new clues and mysteries are starting to unfold uh, while you know while the kids are having these. Uh, these new encounters with Eleven and starting to discover her, uh, I, I don't know, is it photo, is it photokinesis? Telekinesis? Telekinesis yeah. which, I don't know which one it is. There's like six different types of kinesis. She moves stuff with her mind. Um, as they start to discover this at the same time, too, Winona Ryder's character is making progress with communicating with Will. Through, um, through, through these, yeah. lights. And because it's this this energy that is it's always a flickering light yes and and then she starts to learn the trends and then it transforms into okay well i'll follow the lights and i mean there's pluses and minus the the monster that's abducting them he also in a way communicates through the lights in yeah. terms of when he's around he However, smells blood too that's yeah, important he smells blood um just blood? like bears bears <laughs> just like bears so there is a, one of the best scenes in the show, though I liked a lot, was when Winona Ryder is setting up all the lights to communicate. It it adds for a very like cool looking, you know, cool yeah. set, cool scene. No, and Winona, you, because of the lights, eventually she does reach that full communication with Will, yeah. where she finds out that essentially he is in the house. Yeah, he he is there, but not there, and um, that. You know, that starts raising questions, and then uh, that's whenever it all starts to unravel. As you know, as she's finding out new things, the kids are finding out new things, and uh, they're coming across just new and different we ideas. We didn't talk about the opening scene of the show, actually, takes place within a uh, facility. And we yes. don't know what that facility is, like a power plant, supposedly, you know, and um, it's like, you know, the power plant up on the hill. Yeah. You know, and it's. Um, Matthew Modine's character mm-hmm. is, you know, the the head of this facility. You know, it's that whole like NASA ET thing. Like, it's it's got that vibe where they're like, like clearly they're out looking for something. Yeah, and a lot, of, a lot of keys and flashlights. Yeah, and and so um, that's important too. Yeah, because then as it, it all just weaves together beautifully, uh, because Nancy's discovering, or not Nancy, sorry, Winona Ryder's character is discovering where Will is. The kids are unlocking the powers of Eleven and starting to see more and more what she can do uh, through them becoming closer to her and her helping them try to find Will. And how can she find Will? But, well, that's kind of uncovered because you find out that she was at this testing facility. And they were... You see her memories, you know. Yeah, you see her memories. And they were essentially using her and her powers as a tool to get into this other side, which she had encounters with the monster before. And it, it, of it. it's all, it, what's great is like when you, you kind of, it alludes to being like rooted within that, like the, 
you know, the 80s, she's trying to overhear a Russian, like a conversation in Russian. And so it's supposed to be like, oh, well, she's special and we're going to try and get her to like have this out of body experience. And it's kind of like when, you know, as she's doing that, she's like crossed into the under, you know, yeah. or whatever they call it. Was it called the under? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so like, it's kind of like, did they, they ripped the gateway open for this thing to be able to get out. You know what I mean? By pushing this little girl to do all this crazy weird stuff to fight the communists you know yeah and it's uh and uh you know to kind of summarize the rest of the plot it's all these there are all not working together uh the chief and winona Ryder are working together to try to yeah. get will back jonathan and nancy are kind of working together yeah to not only get Will back, but also and then the kids. Barb. Yeah. Then the kids are doing it. And meanwhile, you have the facility wanting to find Eleven and get her back. I mean, and, and there is a straight up like together. there is a scene like right out of ET too, where the kids are like on their bikes running from these vans down, or uh, you know, pedaling away from these vans yeah. down the street. You know, and you're, it's, they it just feels lift so it off great. The ground at times, you know, they what? They lift it off the ground. Yeah, uh, well, I'm joking. You know, and it's just it's. It's one. Of, it's just great, and um, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot of like side, like little things. There, like how they figure out this stuff is really cool. Like there's a science teacher that tells them all the science behind all this crazy stuff, and you're like, ah, it's so cool because it it's it's exactly. just all the right stuff, you know. Well, and it starts blending. So like, there's uh, the card that they're or the the storyline in Dungeons and Dragons that they're kind of afraid of, the creature that they're kind of afraid of. Oh, yeah, I can't it, remember its name. Um, the Demogorgon? Yeah, Demogorgon. Demogorgon, yeah. something. I, sorry, she was psychokinesis. Sorry. I knew I wasn't completely wrong about Psychokinesis? Psychokinesis. I know I wasn't. Gra- there are lots of kinesises. Well, she can pee. She can make kids pee her pants. Yeah, mm-hmm. she could, and that was actually one of the funniest parts of the entire series. Sorry, and it's the it's not the under. It's the upside down. The upside down is okay. what he kind of the science teacher helps them to discover. Basically, kind of through this kind of the the lore with dungeons and dragons but also brings a technical side to yeah oh well this is where the upside down would kind of be it's all based around a point. like a it's, person on a tightrope and the the uh, the uh, the upside down is like the flea on the bottom or it's something. brilliant because it obviously they add in enough science where you kind of just learn to say well yeah i trust it it sounds like it could be right but at the same time because it is fantasy you're you're able to suspend that that belief for quite a bit of time to to get through it. So it it really did find that perfect balance in between fantasy and science fiction, and uh, that's it. It all just it came together so well. But um, what what was what was some some of your highlights of the series? Well, I, I'm going to say. Um Oh my gosh! There's there's a lot of like moments. The the the, the young lady who plays Eleven is fantastic. Um, she is actually she is her parents are British. They moved to Orlando, mm-hmm. um, and there was an acting coach here that was like, "This girl's amazing. She should be in L.A. She could be better than any of them." So a week later, the parents drove out there, and every agent that that girl met with wanted to represent her. And then like a month later, she started doing all this stuff. Like, yeah, I read that afterwards, and like. 
when I'm watching the show, I'm just like, oh my god, where did they find this girl? She's so good. So like anything that has Eleven yeah. in it, pretty much, was amazing. All these kids are great. They they're like very distinct personalities and. You know, one of my favorite scenes is the one with Winona Ryder with the lights, the Christmas lights yep. that she puts up, and she writes the alphabet on the newspaper, uh, on the newspaper, on the wallpaper, and it like it was very like thing. it was very Martian the first time that he finally gets to communicate yeah. with them. It yeah. was kind of the same exact feeling. Yeah, it's like oh, it's working. Yeah, it's it's one of those it's one of those moments where you're just like oh, it's so cool. Um, I I personally I really enjoyed um, the score yeah. to it. I, I thought the the musical accompaniment to this was fantastic. The, uh, they chose all the perfect '80s songs. Yes, uh, no, it's oops, Ooh, no, God. my bad. Uh, they scared me. Hear something in the upside <laughs> down right now. Uh, no, it's it goes beyond. It's the score by the uh, by. Gosh, survive. Just, survive. Yeah. The well, it lists their two band. names, but they're the the band that yeah, they are is called survive. survive. So they did the score, which is beyond brilliant, beyond yeah, fantastic and amazing. And they backed it up with a great song track to go along with it as well. And um, it's that that was some of the moments. Basically, like the first three episodes, they kind of nailed it with the the ending songs that they use. I know it. In episode two, they had uh, you find out that one of the songs that like Will really used to connect with his brother was the clashes "Should I Stay or Should I Go." Yeah, and then and, they refer to it as like, "Oh, that weird song he likes." And yeah. you're like, "Oh, and okay." Then the ultimate for me, though, even though it wasn't an '80s song per se, it is a song that I believe came out in the late '70s or '80s. But it's whenever they use David Bowie's "Heroes," but the um, Peter Gabriel yeah. version of it during the montage where uh, you find out that Will is dead, even though mm-hmm. you know no one believes that Will's dead. Yeah. And uh, it's this fantastic... I believe that's actually the same episode with the lights. Or the lights is the next episode, but... Yeah, it, it's just this fantastic montage that works together with that song. It's, it, it's a beautiful, beautiful song. And... Uh, the, I, I liked the song they used in the last episode, like with the Christmas scene. Like I, I think it's a Moby song. Um, oh, uh, Southside featuring Gwen yeah, Stefani. Gwen, Gwen Stefani. You know, a weird twist. Except um, they changed it, so they they changed it to the upside down. Here we are now, going <laughs> to, to the, the upside, upside down. down. <laughs> um, oh God, that's it, like a, it could work. It that's could a work. dad joke. It's, that's what it's, that is. When it's cold, I'd like to die. Is mm. the song. Um, and it's just it's like haunting uh, everything's haunting it's great um you know it, they they nailed it visually too it's just it, it's it's all very organic feeling yeah it doesn't feel like set up to look like what it is it's just it is what it is you know um the the upside down looks great um you know we talked about the special effects on it too as i feel like you know they were just shy of being like incredible, especially you know. Yeah, it was, I, it, it, they were good, not bad, but it's almost like if they had just invested a smidge more money, yeah. they would have had a thing that would have been, you know, could have easily been in a theater. Uh, no, I, absolutely. You and I both said the exact same thing that it was just, it was like they needed just a little bit more budget, and they could have made the effects, specifically the ones in the finale, 
they could have made it. Not to say that some of the effects in the show aren't, like, some of them are just perfect. They don't need a tweak at all. There's just one or two here and there, and not not often. There was, like, one in the first episode, one along the way, and then, yeah, one toward the end where you're just almost like, like, it almost looks sci-fi channel. Yeah, you know, but not that bad. You know, yeah, it... It's just where you're like, oh, I, I can tell this is a TV show now. Whereas when you're watching it, you're like, oh, it's a movie. Then I forgot, uh, not to go back to the songs, but whenever White Rabbit closed out the first episode. Was it White Rabbit? It Wasn't was White it Rabbit. The first episode? Yeah. The Jefferson Airplane one? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. Oh, it did. I it, love that song. No, it was... I, I kept remembering the first episode had a really good one, too. How does the first episode end? It ends right after. In the rain, right? It ends. Yeah, it ends right after. Um, with the diner, they shoot Benny in the head, and eleven. So they don't play Benny off. in the Jets, huh? In the banner. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I I've heard some things about a season. Season two will be a lot darker too. Mm-hmm. They have, and they it will have a time jump because they were saying that toward the very end of production, they couldn't even use the kid who played Dustin. His voice, uh, he couldn't do any more voice work because his voice had dropped <laughs> so many octaves that, like, they couldn't do it. That kid's, you know, the kids are from, I, like, Les Mis on Yeah, Broadway? I saw his singing. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that weird? It's so crazy. Yeah, him, um... He's real good. The Him, Eleven, and then, uh... One of the other ones. I can't remember which one, but three of them were musically talented in some way i need to look it up now it's gonna drive me nuts talk amongst yourself um i thought you know we talked about how this was perfectly cast like the 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 nancy is perfect winona ride is perfect as the mom i mean yeah she does cry a lot but she was good you know convincing and um the hopper the the police chief he was i mean this is the role to make his career i feel like he was excellent um that girl plays 11 she's this is this is that role that's going to open up her world for her. Like she's going to be in everything and anything. And the Duffer brothers, I mean, geez, I, I feel like anybody's going to give them any okay to do whatever they want. Now. Yeah. That was it. Uh, Caleb McLaughlin, uh, in the show, he did, uh, he did young Simba in the Lion King. Who, which one was he? Si- he did Mufasa's young son? Simba. No, which one? Oh, oh okay. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> Rhino can't take a hint there. <laughs> <laughs> now I know which friend it was. That was terrible. Um, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Um, but they're all good. The kid who plays Steve is great. Barb's great. Even though she's not at the show very much, but she's good. But there is, I will tell you, in the last moments of the last episode... Other, other than the the kids are then talking about Dungeons and Dragons again, and their dialogue is clearly like acknowledging what's then left open. Yeah, but also there is directly like a an oh you know an oh crap moment yeah. where you're like oh yeah no there there is the only character that I truly I had issues with at any point in time was actually Matthew Modine. Um, yeah, he was like for, he was a little weird, right? <laughs> Was he like? I'm assuming he was intentionally being weird. But my, he had like a weird voice, a yeah, weird cadence. My problem in his is voice. he had that same softness in his voice that he also. You haven't seen it. I know. I've talked to you about. You need to see the Dark it. Dark Knight Rises. No. Yeah, Full I Metal saw, Jacket. I, know, I saw it. But Full Metal Jacket. He's yeah. the main star in it, and oh, okay. it's 
it's that same like a very bad situation obviously in that with the with Vietnam War and he's being pushed through boot camp and then once he finally gets to Vietnam and like he just has that soft side because he's going as a photojournalist over there mm-hmm. and not as a warrior and it's this is kind of like that same that very subtleness to it that he's well, you know, I, the way he talks to Eleven and the way he tries to calm her and uh, Papa. Yeah, Papa. Papa. And it's just, it was, uh, I can't even say he was bad. It was just very unsettling. Yeah, it was unsettling, yeah. And it's weird because for me, Matthew Modine, other than Winona Ryder, was like the most famous person. Like the the Hopper, I was like, oh, I've seen this guy in other yeah. things. But. No, it's Winona Ryder was number one and then... Matthew Modine would be like the the other really famous person that would get an and Matthew yeah. Modine at the end of it. Yeah. Like and Tom Bosley. Happy days. Oh, it's, it's fine. <laughs> it's like, uh, I don't know who that is. Hey, happy days. Happy days are here. It's Richie Cunningham's dad. I'm Richard Cunningham. This is my wife, Oprah. Oprah. Um,. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm just, it's one of those shows where you'll be done and just be like, uh, it's going to be at least a year before you see season two. And it, it could be even longer. And Well, they haven't like officially renewed it, but they'd be... Yeah. I mean, obviously, Netflix is well aware of what the hit they have on their hands. I mean, they, they didn't originally intend to release the soundtrack. Do you think they'll have some sophomore blues from it? Sophomore blues? Sophomore blues. That's whenever the, uh, the second one comes out. And you kind of wish that they never made the second one at all? Oh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, sometimes I worry. However, I did... I did read an article where they said they mapped out quite a bit before they got started. That they said that they had mapped out a lot. So it wasn't, it's meant to have more than even just two seasons, um, which is great to me. If they were able to tell such a complete story without. Is it all the same characters? Yes. They said it was, it was, yeah, they said they, well, at least for the next season, they, they didn't say anything character wise other than that. But it is going to jump forward a year, obviously, because they're kids and they can't have kids keep playing twelve-year-olds yeah. when they're going through puberty, you know. And so, it's it's like it's. They said it'll be darker. The second season will be much darker, which is surprising to me. I would almost rather that they didn't re, you know, go back to these kids. That they would kind of make Stranger Things more or less about exploring different mythological science fiction. Well, who that could, be, that could be later, you know? We know. Well, then I would like to bring it all the way back to the original one, then later, kind of H2O style. I was going to say American Horror Story. <laughs> I, I still haven't caught up on all my American Horror Story. Well, it's, 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 it's one of those, like, you know, Freak Show ties back. It was the first one that tied directly back into um, the Asylum because there was a character. Yeah. There was a main character in both. Yeah, no, I, I just, it would be nice to explore them later on. I don't want them to feel like they have to stick with the same characters over and over again, but... Yeah. Well, we'll see. Who knows how the second... I, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful if they've plotted it out ahead of time. Otherwise, I feel like it would be you would definitely have that sophomore slump. But who knows? Maybe now that they, the, the, the restraints could be off. Not that I feel like Netflix is a very restraining company to work for when it comes to making something. I feel like whenever they give you the okay, they back you 100%. I mean, yeah. Baz Luhrmann's television show is now the most expensive television show ever made. So, And I can't say that it's probably going to be very good. I don't know. I mean, I'll watch it. 
But he has a, you know, he has got a weird filmmaking history. So not gonna be Moulin Rouge. Nothing ever will be Moulin Rouge. It won't be Buzz Lerman's Romeo and Juliet. I know, but it won't be Australia. It, oh, be Just that one scene really is all that matters in Australia to me. But not <laughs> Australia. I meant um, the dancing one. I'm sorry. I was thinking of Strictly Ballroom when you said Australia because I forgot he made Australia. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah I tried great to watch that Hugh movie. Jackman. It's a tough Nicole movie Kidman to watch. vehicle. Oh my god! I just think about the opening when they shoot the kangaroo. Um, tough movie, tough movie. But anyway, uh, well, that's it. You know, watch it. Let us know what you think. Um, you know, always you can tweet at us a uh, Diz Pop Show on the Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Watch this show. I'm, you know, I'm promised. Like I have yet to come across somebody who just went, "Oh, it's okay." Anybody I've talked to about it has thoroughly enjoyed it. And let us know how badly you think we butchered the plot. Yeah, well, it got hard because I think as we went through it, it we were realizing how more intricate it actually was, yeah. and how mo- how so many things actually layered into each other. And again, let's be honest: everyone's already watched it at this point, and if you haven't, you're probably not going to because you suck. Yeah. So if you don't want to suck, watch it. It's okay if you don't like it, but at least you've watched it and you don't suck. Yeah. And then later, after you've watched it and you've told me you don't like it, I'll say, well, you suck again. You so, suck. But, yeah, check it out. Like I said, we've already watched it, so these are really just our thoughts. So feel free to send us your thoughts somehow. Yeah. And uh, look forward to that. Um, scores coming out this Friday, which I believe is the 12th of August. And then there is another volume coming out next week as well, which is very exciting, on the 18th or 19th, yes. I believe. And, uh, and that's going to do it. I will. So, uh, thanks for chatting with me, and uh, we'll see you next time on the next episode of Diz Pop. Save Barb. Save Barb.